So today we're uh, starting a series on our mission and vision at, at church here, um, which is summed up in this statement. We don't really say this statement very often because it's a little bit wordy, but it does describe uh, very clearly who we are and what we're about. And it's this, that we as Restoration Church are a community of people restored to God by Jesus, going together with God's love to Clearwater and the world. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, one little component of that in going, in particular about hey kid, uh, about how we serve a God who is going. Um, and next week we'll look at sort of the flip side of that is that He has created and drawn in a people that is going with Him. So today we're going to look at uh, our going God. Now, this weekend, I was um, working on some projects, and I think this will illustrate the nature of uh, God in some form here. Um, I had a little accident, a couple accidents, not too bad. These are very, very minor, but uh, I was working on a bike, and I clamped my finger with a pair of pliers, the wire cutter portion. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and then, uh, and then later when we were building this uh, playhouse that, that uh, the kiddo's granny got for us, I, I screwed my finger with a drill. So that was, that was impressive as well. And so as I was reflecting on this message, I was uh, thinking about the nature of God and how he goes in a three-person form. And I, I'd given this example before and used basketball as the example, but uh, I think it also applies in construction. Uh, to appropriately do construction right, you have to have three things. Uh, you have to have intention, what you intend to do. You have to have vision for what is going to be accomplished with it. Uh, and you also have to have the motion in, in coordination with that. Um, I had the intention right? I had the screwdriver and where I wanted it to go. I had the vision for what it was to look like once the screw went into the top piece of the roof that I was reaching too far uh, to get to, um, but I did not have the appropriate motion because I slipped and, and screwed my finger instead of, instead of the screw itself. Um, and, you know, we see this in a number of things. This example is all over the place, really. Uh, today, I'm wearing my, my golf shirt, uh, this is an official PGA golf shirt. Today is the PGA Championship in Bethpage, New York. I know you guys are really excited about that. Um, looks like the guy that's in the lead is leaning by seven, so probably it's going to be sort of boring. Okay. More boring than <laughs> usual for some. Um, yeah, <laughs> so this means a better nap. Exactly. Um, you know, but in golf, the same thing applies. You have the same intention every single time to get the ball into the cup, and you have a vision of how that's going to look. If you're going to do it right, you have to see, literally visualize getting the ball into the cup, and then you have to have the appropriate motion. And the impressive thing about professional golfers is that they can, they, they can do this every day for four days and get an incredible score doing so, and that's hard to do. You might, like, by fluke, have a good round of golf, but to do it four times in a row over the course of a weekend back-to-back, that's impressive stuff to some of us in the world, not to any of you, but to me. Um, <laughs> but it all takes an intention and a vision and emotion, and each of you probably have similar uh, situations where you can see that I- I- at work. Um, 
But the fact is, as we'll see in the passage that we're going to read today, and we, we studied on, on Thursday, is that God is a trinity, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, I, I think it's a good picture, this intention, vision, and motion, a good describer of God and how he acts. Um, because uh, you, you have the Father, you have the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit. You have, uh, you have the intention right? You have the Father's intention for who we are to be. We have the Spirit showing us what it ought to look like, giving us the vision. You have Jesus, the Son, uh, doing this physically, right? Demonstrating it to us in a physical manner. And the reason I like that is that, you know, in golf, the, the, those three things happen simultaneously and create action. You know, it's one action that's in perfect unison, in typical descriptions of the Trinity, you say, well, he's, uh, he's like water, gas, and solid. You know, he's like uh, three parts of an egg. They're all one thing. It's still an egg. Uh, but in this, I think it describes his action. God has intention and vision and motion for what is to happen and everything that he does. And, and I think we see that in, in today's passage, which says this. Now, uh, Matthew 28, uh, 16 to 20 Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." Again, from this passage, we're going to focus on one specific part of the command, uh, and, and primarily this part where he says, baptizing them in the name of, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, collectively, wholly. The nature of our going God is seen in the simultaneous action of the Trinity, God's intention, His vision for us, His motion in our lives. This is our God. God is going in the name of the Father. We see from the beginning of Scripture that this is how uh, the world is described, or He describes uh, uh, us in Genesis 1.28. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish, and over the sea, and over the birds, and the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And, um, and God has just described to them over chapter 1 of Genesis the, these all things that he made. And he, he describes this creation as yielding seed, bearing fruit, multiplying, and, and of, the, of the animals swarming throughout the earth. And and this expansive vision of what he has created. And then he calls us to be the steward of this. This creation that is ever expansive, and and even still we cannot reach the end of. As we explore through space, you cannot find the end of what God has created. And and you can't even find the the minutia of what he's created. As we examine it closer and closer and closer, we still can't understand the very building blocks of what God has created, and we've been trying for a very, very long time. 
This is our God who, who has come to us and shown us how infinite he is, both in expanse and in, in minutia. He knows every piece of it, from the uh, DNA to the bearing seed to the multiplying and swarming of the animals. And he wants us to be with him. <clears throat> he uh, says and gives us dominion over all of these things. We see that God the Father is uh, going to His people even. When we were back in Hebrews, we read a lot about, uh, about a number of people and ways that God went to His people. And these are just some of the Old Testament folks that God showed up to. Um, he walked with Enoch. You might remember He was just walking with Enoch before Enoch was taken up into heaven. He prepared Noah for a flood. He made a covenant with Abraham on Abraham's righteousness and his faith in, his faith in God. He led Moses to lead his people out of captivity. He protected Rahab when she uh, took care of the spies. He saved Daniel out of the lion's den. Our God has come to us. He is the one that is going to a people that is in need. And, and while that people, Israel, and in the Old Testament is particularly described, God has always been after the hearts of the entirety of humankind unto the nations. Listen to this from Psalm 67. I don't think I have this. Oh, I do. Sweet. Huh. Psalm 67, to the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm and a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Selah, which means to pause. That your, may, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you. O God, let the peoples praise you. Come on. Probably a slide changer. Come on. There it is. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Before Jesus comes onto the scene, God's heart isn't just for Israel. It's for all the nations. He is a going God, and His intention, even in Israel, was to display His wonder as King of kings and Lord of lords, His wonder as the one and only true God, to draw in the nations unto Himself. Our God has called us to go in the name of the Father, baptizing in the name of the Father, that is, uh, filling those who come to obedience in Jesus with the attributes and the character of our Father. The passage in Matthew, the Great Commission, also calls us to baptize in the name of the Son. And this is the going of the Son, Jesus Christ. Luke 2, 8-12. 
In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field watching over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Jesus is the going God. He left a throne in heaven and became a human. He didn't have to do it. He decided, desired to do it. Wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger, vulnerable as any one of us was when we were born. He incarnated himself into our earth. And, and as he did that, he showed us what it was like to go and to follow the Father's will. The obedience of the Son is shown in uh, John five nineteen to 20. It says this, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. To be baptized in the name of the Son is to walk in complete obedience to what the Father is doing. That's what the Son has showed us. That his desire in, in all of his life was to do exactly what the Father showed him to begin complete unity with the Father. Everything he saw the Father do is what he did. We see in the name of the Son, the picture of sacrifice, a a recognition that all that Jesus had inherited on this earth, he gave up. He gave up everything in heaven to come here, and he gave up his entire life that we might be restored to him. To be baptized in the name of the Son is to be baptized in the name of the sacrificial love of Jesus. Even more than that, to be baptized in the name of the Son is not only to uh, incarnate like He incarnates, to go to those that are around us, to, to be obedient to the Father as He is, to be sacrificial like He is, but also to walk in the victory that He has given us. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 to 57. It says this, When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. Oh, one more. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. To be baptized in the name of the Son is to be baptized in what Jesus did for us. He not only came to us, He gave His life for us, but He defeated death and sin on our behalf as well. Uh, So whatever we're standing in, whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, we can have full confidence that He is pulling us through that and that we will raise to life with Him. 
baptized in the name of the Son, walking in His incarnation, His obedience, His sacrifice, and His victory. Finally, to understand this going God, we have to understand the baptism in the name of the Holy Spirit. In the passage itself, Jesus says that uh, all authority has been given to him. And at the end of the passage, verse 20, it says, uh, And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. How is Jesus with us? (laughs) Not physically walking around anymore. I mean, when he was there for the 40 days after he rose from the dead, he was like walking through walls and saying hi to people. But he's not doing that anymore. How is he with us to the very end of the age? He's with us by the Holy Spirit. He is in perfect unity with Holy Spirit and is with us through him. To be baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit is a few things. It's to be empowered for mission. As the disciples wait um, there in Jerusalem, Holy Spirit comes and empowers them by the Spirit for the mission they're called to. They begin prophesying and speaking in languages they don't know, uh, sharing of the majesty of what Jesus has done, and all around are looking at them, wondering what the heck is happening. And Jesus or, and Peter stands up and tells them, "Hey, listen, this is what Joel prophesied: that the Spirit would come upon us, and they would say these things to you. Now repent to be baptized, all of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that your sins may be washed away." The Holy Spirit empowers the disciples for mission. The Holy Spirit equips the disciples to serve. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 and 13 says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. The Holy Spirit equips us to serve, to serve the body, to serve one another. None of us has all the parts of the body. We're all members of a bigger body, each of us given different gifts and abilities. And when we hold our gift back, our body suffers. When we assert our gift too uh, strongly, the body suffers. Uh, Your body, my body, knows how to heal itself and care for itself. I mean, already the skin on my screwed up finger, literally screwed finger, uh, is repairing itself, right? The body is just doing that. I don't have to think about it. It's just happening. Some function of my body is just taking care of that. And so it is with the body of Christ. All of us members of the body work together and understand one another as we know each other personally. The Holy Spirit equips us to serve in that way to know when to advance and know when to hold back. The Holy Spirit brings conviction, as we saw in John 16, and the Holy Spirit brings uh, fruit that looks a little bit like this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. 
If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Holy Spirit brings conviction of, of what, uh, what our lives ought to look like. This is the God that we serve. This is a God that isn't asking us to do something that He hasn't already done. He is a going God, and He calls us to be a people that is a reflection of His character. That's why when Jesus tells them at the Great Commission, uh, go therefore, baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Baptize them into my identity that I've demonstrated you, demonstrated to you. Let's go with these few things. God has always been moving. He's always been going. Since the very beginning, since the creation itself, He is putting His nature and His glory on display. And He's never stopped. This going God is chasing the hearts of those who do not know Him through the advance of His body, the church. He's equipped us each uniquely and particularly and placed us specifically in places where we can serve Him and and declare His glory and honor Him in our work and honor Him in our conversations and our relationships. He's chasing those that are around you. He's chasing those that are around me. He wants them to know that someone cares. Someone cares about what they're going through. And that isn't just some uh, person that cares, but God himself actually cares. We each know that as followers of Jesus because we've experienced the care of a going God. We've seen him come into our heart and bring peace where there ought not be peace and uh, relieve anxieties. We've seen him come and bring provision where we thought there was none and protection where we were scared. And he's brought those around us, coworkers and friends and neighbors and family, so that we might declare and display those truths to them. He's chasing after the hearts of those who don't know him through the advance of his church. He's taken up residence in the hearts of those who have called on Jesus for salvation. He lives in us and with us. He's a going God. And he's going with us. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. We're so grateful that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to you. You created it. And you're restoring it. And Lord, you've invited us to be a part of it. To go with you and you with us. God, we pray as we um, consider over the coming weeks what that is for Restoration Church and what that looks like for us as we're challenged by your scripture and and, uh, how to follow you as a body. We pray we would not forget your character has gone before us. 
the love of the Father, the sacrifice and obedience of the Son, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.